www.netivyah.org. Nativia Bible Instruction Ministry presents Teaching from Zion, Volume 24, August 2008. On the Tip of the Fork by Uri Zofep. Three years ago, the Knesset's Committee of Education rejected a request from the Ministry of Agriculture to continue to allow the forced stuffing of geese before their slaughter. With this decision, the end came, at least from a legal perspective, to the cruel practice of stuffing geese using a funnel that is forcibly inserted into their windpipes. This stuffing increases the weight of the goose's liver up to ten times its natural size so as to increase the profit made from selling this delicacy. The Committee of Education is the government agency that is authorized to approve or reject the practices of the Ministry of Agriculture with regard to the law against cruelty and for the protection of animals, which was enacted in 1954. Clause 2A establishes an across-the-board prohibition. No person shall torture or behave cruelly to an animal or maltreat it in any way whatsoever. The head of the committee at that time, Zebulon Orlev, has done a great deal for the advancement of legislation for the rights of animals in Israel. There is certainly a place to rejoice over this important gain, although stuffing geese is only one small detail within a vast body of serious phenomena of cruelty to animals that occur in every branch of the livestock industry. There is no need to go into great detail about the terrible conditions in which animals are held in most of the livestock farms in Israel. The situation is especially serious in the poultry industry because the most profitable companies use battery cages, which are chicken coops that measure 18 by 20 inches and hold 5 to 11 hens in them for up to two years at a time, as they are intentionally starved to force them into a constant laying cycle. These cages are then stacked on top of one another, so the hens live in horribly crowded conditions in which they cannot move at all and endure great physical suffering. The points of their beaks are sawed off, and they die constantly from illness, filth, and different kinds of afflictions in these crowded, inhumane conditions. One may even be able to speak in this case of mental anguish. In this particular area, the hand of the law was too short to save because it only forbade torture for torture's own sake and is quite flexible about causing animal suffering if it serves an appropriate purpose. One example of such a purpose is medical research. Apparently the right of the citizen to chicken schnitzels and the right of the farmer to make a living are also considered to be appropriate purposes and therefore justify the continuance of the current conditions. It must be emphasized that this accusation of abuse is not talking about kosher slaughter, which has turned into a hot topic in recent years among certain green organizations because it is supposedly cruel. In fact, the ancient Jewish practice of kosher slaughtering is still one of the methods which cause the least amount of suffering to the animal that is being killed. The problem is not with the method of slaughter, but rather with the living conditions of the animals before their slaughter. Ironically, the awareness of this particular issue in Israel is quite underdeveloped in comparison to that of other countries, even though we live in a Jewish country that proudly carries the banner of the Torah. 
The Torah does permit the killing of animals, although at the beginning it was only permitted along with temple worship, which included sacrifices and then eating parts of the sacrificial animal. This leniency of being allowed to kill animals for secular purposes does not allow a person to treat an animal in any way he wishes, however. Quite the opposite, the Torah explicitly commands that people protect and have compassion on animals. It is true that there are only a few applicable laws scattered here and there throughout the Torah, but there is no disputing that the Torah reflects God's will. Therefore, the mistreatment of animals must touch his heart. Here are a few examples. Do not muzzle the ox while he is treading the grain. Deuteronomy 25 verse 4 in other words, an ox which is pulling the grinding stone must be allowed the freedom to eat while he is working. You shall not plow with an ox and a donkey together. Deuteronomy 22.10 The strength of these beasts is not equal and would certainly cause the donkey the weaker animal suffering. The commandment to rest on Shabbat also applies to animals. Not only is it forbidden to physically hurt an animal, but it is also forbidden to hurt an animal's feelings. You shall not slaughter a sheep and its lamb or an ox and its calf on one day. Leviticus 22 verse 28 And the commandment of sending a mother bird away from her nest before taking the eggs also stems from this concept. On the basis of these few commandments, the sages established... The law against making animals suffer is Diorata, written in the Torah, and one should even feed his animals before himself, from Peleoetz, section 179. This instruction comes from the principle of measure for measure. An animal is dependent on its master, just as his master is dependent on God. So an animal's master has to treat it with mercy, just as God acts towards his creatures. Rabbi Eliezer Papo discussed the issue of animal mistreatment in his important book, Peleoetz. There he mentioned a story that circulated in the time of the Ari about a man who was punished with the death of his children because of a mistake his wife made in handling some chicks, which caused them to be separated from their mother hen. Because of the lethal seriousness of the matter, Rabbi Papo recommended that one had better not raise chicks at all because no one can stand on guard all the time to make sure they will not suffer, and most people do not succeed, since most of them die from falling or become food for mice or cats and the like, which is emotional suffering, from the same section of Peleowetz. In light of the strict stance taken on nuances of halakha, like the raising of chicks, it is hard to understand how the sages of our generation can ignore the widespread suffering of masses of animals that are the victims of the modern food industry, which is many times worse than anything described by the early sages. The problem is possibly compounded by the fact that today's halakha makers are acting on the basis of observation that were established in the distant past when no one ever imagined the reality of raising animals in mass quantities and caging them in the monstrous conditions that are the norm today. The idea of the mass extermination of thousands of chicks by crushing them to dust in a horrifying manner, a routine practice in today's poultry industry, never would have risen in Rabbi Popple's wildest nightmares. His sleep was disturbed at night by the fear that one chick might fall out of its nest and be miserable. 
It seems that the rabbis of our generation are also greatly disturbed by small nuances of halakha. They are incredibly concerned, for example, about feeding cows before Passover with a special kind of food in order to make sure that their milk is kosher for Passover. While they are standing there examining with seven eyes what goes into the cow's mouths, they are ignoring their terrible living conditions. Yeshua's claim about those who strain out the gnat and swallow the camel is very appropriate here. The situation that reigns in today's livestock industry is borderline torture and never would have been accepted by our ancient sages as something to which they would give a hekshir, kosher certification. The sorrowful conclusion of all that has been said so far is that the kosherness of the food we obtain from livestock, including meat, milk, chicken, and eggs, is thrown highly into doubt because of the suffering of the animals involved. The only real option available to someone who has the subject close to his heart is to become a vegan, or to choose some alternative options such as free-range eggs. These eggs come from small farms where the chickens have relatively more spacious conditions, and one can buy them at almost any health or natural food store, and occasionally in regular supermarkets. There is already a great awareness of this issue in Europe and free-range eggs compose a hefty percentage of the eggs sold there. In Israel, only a handful of extremists are conscientious about this matter, and free-range eggs do not even come to 1% of the total amount of eggs sold in this country. There are also milk products that come from small farms with better conditions, but they are usually expensive and less accessible for the average consumer. At the moment, the work of the righteous is being done by others. While the voice of the chief rabbinate and the religious political parties is not heard at all or very little with regard to this issue, there is a group of Knesset members from different factions that has initiated legislation calling for an improvement of living conditions in the livestock market. Only recently, one farmer was sent to court because he prevented a sick cow from receiving medical care and caused her suffering. The case against him was presented by the Ministry of Agriculture, and this may be an encouraging sign for the seriousness with which they intend to enforce the new laws. Success in these sorts of battles usually is a result of a long-term investment in education that changes public awareness on the subject. In fact, the Jews have one institution that could drastically shorten this process, the rabbinate. It has the power to remove the hekshir from any product that comes from a source that violates the commandment of treating animals with compassion. All that remains to be done is to arouse the sleeping giant. In conclusion, it is important to be aware that the matter of animal suffering and kosher, appropriate for consumption, food, should not be just a concern for Israelis. God gave mankind dominion over the earth and the animals upon it, to cultivate it and to keep it, Genesis 2, verse 15, not to abuse it. Not only is food that comes from animals who are suffering less healthy than animals who are cared for properly, but there is also a serious doubt as to whether it could be considered kosher for anyone who wishes to fulfill the spirit or letter of the law in his life. Nativia, www.netivyah.org.